0: So, Clay, I, I I don't know if I'm dense or stupid or miss the obvious, which is entirely possible, but were you equally uh, inspired? I don't know. Were you equally amazed to learn that Tripp's nickname comes from Charles Tucker III? I had no idea that's where his Tripp nickname came from. It makes a ton of sense in hindsight. Uh, it, I'm not saying this is a... Um, Han Solo, Chewy nickname type revelation or anything like that, but
1: um, we can't keep calling you that. We got to think of something shorter.
0: <laughs> I I didn't. Did you realize that? Did you like recognize? No, did,
1: no. Okay. No, I, I and not in a million years would I have guessed it either. It, yeah, I I didn't even realize there was a three at the end of his okay. name. Okay, I knew that. Yeah, Charles Tucker.
0: I guess I'm ahead. I never. It was one of those things. I never even was like, why do they call him Trip? Really, it's not like a strange enough nickname where you don't do it, but it really Mm. fits in Um, almost to the point where they went so long before revealing it. I'm like, did they realize it accidentally (laughs) later on that that was the case? Because you feel like that's I feel like that's like the pilot, the character's introduction. He's like, hey, I'm Trip Chucker the third. Trip means third. Motherfucker, let's get into space. And they don't do that here.
1: At least, at least they did it this way before another writer came in and was like, what if it's because back in the academy he f- tripped and fell down some stairs and it was hilarious? And <laughs> he we was make a clumsy. story out of
0: that. There's a drunk who just fell constantly, and Archer pulled him out of the gutter and said, you're my chief engineer, which is not exactly the a,
1: story we got. He was a trip-hop DJ in college, and that's where <laughs> it comes from. We have, uh,
0: we have the wonderful Keith Carradine in this episode. So. Wow, Bill. Wild Bill Hickok so I'm going to play a clip featuring Keith Carradine and then we're going to take a break we're going to come back we're going to break down first flight
2: may I ask ma'am when you'd expect to leave the camp
1: I'm not certain
2: Bullock is honorable Mrs. Garrett you can trust him to see to your interests
1: he couldn't come
0: more highly recommended
2: you know the sound of thunder don't you Mrs. Garrett Of course. Can you imagine that sound if I ask you to?
0: I can, Mr. Jacob.
2: Your husband and me had this talk. And I told him to head home to avoid a dark result. But I didn't say it in thunder. Ma'am. Listen to the thunder.
0: First flight is the 24th episode of the second season, so close to the end, only two left to go after this. The 14th of May 2003 is when it first aired. It was written by John Sheban and Chris Black, directed by Lavar Burton. In Universe Date is two times. It's March 2153 and 2143 and October 2150. Where well, I guess it's three timelines. Where would the three timelines come from? Where is the
1: Where is the third timeline? Uh, they they Jump forward to six months before they launch the Enterprise. Okay, that makes sense because uh, they they mention that they pick the uh, the captain six months before launch.
0: Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> when he is told in this episode, when he is told of the death of an old rival,
1: Archer reflects on his days in the NX test program. Um, we should before we start, we should both acknowledge that we are in fact both wearing Superman shirts because we're so excited that the trailer for the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League finally came out.
0: Yeah, I need my uh, I need to click the button for this YouTube video contains in in product uh, placement or whatever it is the thing you have to, you have to <laughs> say that you're doing some advertising, which you're not, unfortunately. But I am willing to do advertising for that beautiful movie. You excited for that one? Sure.
1: Uh, actually, kind of yes, because mm. uh, I'm just curi- I'm morbidly curious more than anything else. I'm not expecting to to go away, to come away from it going. Wow, I, he was right. You know, I, I'm not expecting that, but who knows? Yeah, I'm
0: uh I'm not really. We'll talk about that at the end. I just
1: Superman black costume Superman with glowing red eyes is like my least interesting thing you could do with Superman for mm-hmm. me. So it was called uh, Brightburn. I'm <clears throat> Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh I'm interested to see it just to see it and, and see what he does with it, but I'm I'm not uh you know putting my life on hold for it or anything.
0: If you're interested in what we thought of Brightburn, go to www.patreon.com the Bensky file yeah. and you can find our thoughts about Brightburn, which we did cover. So, That's first, our fl- own product placement. First flight. Uh, before we get into anything about whether or not this is good, bad, or the ugly in terms of an episode, I would mm-hmm. like to say I was enamored, enamored by this episode just because. Even if it was bullshit what Berman and Braga were saying in the aftermath of making this series that they wanted their first season to be on Earth. Even if that was all bullshit and it didn't mean anything and they made it up after the fact and they had never intended to do that. I think this show could have been a special Star Trek show and a different Star Trek show if that first season had taken place on Earth. And they had fleshed out this idea about what's going on. That has nothing to do with whether or not this episode is good in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I'll spoil it now. Mm-hmm. I think this is kind of a middling episode for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if they had really leaned into this... Uh, test pilot phase of like developing this stuff and you are introduced to all the characters on earth and they spend more time at this cheers bar that they're at drinking and fucking and fighting and all that stuff i would have been so down for that and i would have been like this is how this series is differentiating itself itself from the rest of the star trek shows because in a way that ds9 was able to do with like moral gray they can believably get into different plots just because Earth hasn't developed its Federation mentality yet. And they're still kind of regular people when they're in the bar Mm -hmm. drinking and everything like that. I was just really... I don't know what you thought about it. I was really disappointed that the show didn't do that. I feel like that's such a great way for this series to be totally different from all the other Star Trek shows instead of what the first two seasons have been, which is a sort of weak-sauce version of a Star Trek show, in my opinion, to this point, anyway.
1: Yeah, um... I could see that being interesting. I I have a anytime they they come up with like a, a, a prequel pitch, and I, I, I know that I, I reacted this way early before they did the Kelvin movies when they were kind of tossing this around. They were like, Well, it's gonna be about Kirk and Spock when they're in the academy and I just roll my eyes, I'm like, I don't give a shit about that stuff. Yeah. Um but this is different, yeah, because you're those you are pre existing
0: characters the, too. Like that right. the, yeah and it
1: – Anytime I hear that stuff, it re- it reminds me of one of my favorite jokes from Tropic Thunder, where uh, Robert Downey Jr. is telling the kid that he he might have a part form in his next movie. It's a movie about um, John Wilkes Booth and Abraham Lincoln when they were both friends as kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, uh, but I do think, yeah, that would be a very interesting take. I think it would allow you to do some interesting stuff. I think it would. yeah i i don't know
0: maybe not 24 episodes give me 10 episodes on earth or something also
1: i don't necessarily know if that show then would really have flown no pun intended i think you might be able to do that now yes yeah but i don't know if you get away with that show I don't know. Um, I mean, this is UPN in two thousand two.
0: Maybe, maybe the 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 situation for it wasn't great. This was, like the show. If it had done that, would have been right on the heels of the shows that were starting to change things to do that, which wasn't happening on network sure. television or anything like that at that point. But it's not like they would have. They wouldn't have been Van Halen in the seventy six or whatever playing like late eighties rock songs. Like they they would have they would have been right in step with the shows that were actually changing the paradigm at that point, mm. and it would have been good. I just. Again, completely detached from the quality of this episode, I saw so much in this episode that was like they could have strung episodes out of this. You know, like they could have just instead of thinking back to the pilot where you meet Hoshi by Archer goes to like Hawaii and it's like Hoshi, come with me. You actually could have introduced these characters and gotten to know them and their relationship and exposed them as people before they get into space, and that makes everything mm-hmm. in space. Feel totally different when you know what they're like on Earth, and yeah, I just think it's a really missed opportunity. And I, I like the scenes of characters drinking real
1: alcohol in a bar in a
0: Star Trek yes. series. It's yeah. just it seems kind of fun, you know.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if it's as easy to steal a, the only existing test ship. Uh, as it is in this episode, who knows what kind of hijinks they should they could have gotten up to.
0: That, that was Yeah, clearly a reference to Search for Spock. Uh, they're just like, everyone yeah. steals starships at <laughs> yeah. all times. It's,
1: Every time they do that, it's like, oh, so you only need two people to activate and like successfully pilot one of these things. What's the rest of the ship there for? Why are all those other yeah. people there? You only need like five people to do it. Um, Did you find the Earth stuff charming in any way? Yeah, I thought it was, was, was fine. I thought it was all right. I, 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 I think I... I and also, I, I should say, I should say it's not impossible to do a show like that, like this, then because obviously, uh, Smallville existed, and what that's more or less what Smallville was. Um, but Smallville is more of the of the line of its Kirk and Spock at the Academy kind of stuff. But uh, uh, so it's not impossible to do it, yeah, um, and for it to be good. I just um, think with
0: everything that they've, you know, a lot of the stuff I, that they've been hinting at, which is like Archer's father built the engine. And Archer is uh, was not the first choice, really. Although we'll get into that, like Archer mm-hmm. not being the the like uh, uh Picard character of this. He's not the greatest flagship captain or whatever. He's just kind of a guy who's out there. Mm. I, I think really, really establishing all that stuff on Earth through storylines similar but better than the one that's in this episode would have gone a long way to making Archer's horrible decision-making really feel like it meant something through the first couple seasons of this. Like, to really see that they are... Because the way that the show started, it's just like any other Star Trek show. They're just out on the ship, flying to different planets and stuff. And so you don't really get a... You get a sense of it, but you don't feel like this is totally uh, different from everything that came before it. But I, like... Seeing like Chump Archer in his sweats or whatever in this is kind of funny. It's just, like you know, he's he's clearly not the head guy that they want and things like that. And I think it's a good way to I, segue in. Sorry, go
1: ahead. Uh, if, if, uh, if you're asking me if I think a Star Trek series based on the idea of this episode with a different cast than the one that's used in this episode and series would be a better show, then my answer is yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I thought this was probably in my top top couple least favorite Archer episodes because I didn't think Bacula was pulling no, it off at all.
0: That, that, I, I, and Do you want to start with that? I think, I, think, sure, ba- sure. I think getting into the episode, I think this episode definitely highlights a weakness of Bacula. And I was mm-hmm. like, Bacula should just be the chief engineer on this show. Like, Trip has more <laughs> charisma than Archer yeah, does. Yeah. And it's
1: that would be honestly that would be hilarious if they did a show like that where it's like we've got a big name star, he's in every other episode only for a couple minutes because he's the engineer. He's actually not the captain. Yeah. I wish yeah. that. That well, I mean, actually, that's kind of it's like Johnny you know, like, Depp oh. is Discovery's new <laughs> chief engineer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if we I would equate those two exactly, but it's not unlike <laughs> I guess having. Uh, what's his name be the captain of discovery when you start the show but um whatever you know who he is you, uh but yeah he's i think he's terrible in this episode do you um, think he's
0: well I, I think he's pretty bad i don't think the script does him any favors as to what archer is supposed to be doing fair. here yeah. uh, but he he has a really hard time convincing me that he cares about what his father has done and that he honestly believes or earnestly believes that the fate of the federation flies on this and I would give Bacula a little bit of a break in that Keith Carradine, as we said, is also in this episode who is a great actor and he does not really impress me at all in this either because right. he doesn't have much to do with it. So I,
1: I, I don't know if I would call him a great actor so much. Cause I, I watched this and I was like, yeah, that's what Keith Carradine does. Mm-hmm. Like he was doing his, he was doing his thing as much. He was, he was more restrained than Bakula was like he, cause Keith Carradine isn't really someone who yeah goes over the top that yeah. often. But, yeah. uh, <clears throat> he came off better looking than Bacula in this. I think. I think. Well, even he, yeah, he's. They kind play of dull.
0: kind of a similar. They they they're kind of a similar actor in that they play a kind sure, of yes. reserved yes. everyman. But I feel that Carradine has a depth to his performances that Bacula doesn't a lot of the time. Like there's a yeah, there's an emptiness that. to Bacula that I think Carradine inhibits inhabits the characters a little bit more. But even mm-hmm. here, and it goes into my big problem with this is that the way Archer talks about Ag Robinson in this does not match up at all with how I feel that those two characters interact with each no. other. Like, it, I just don't no. get the sense that they're friends through this. They seem like just casual coworkers who occasionally got along and occasionally didn't get along, but they're not someone who, when when told of the death that he fell off of a billy goat while trying to get to the top of Mount McKinley, Archer's devastated by it. I never got that sense through the entire story that they were telling.
1: No, I was a little bit confused, actually, as to whether or not they were friends before the events of the story Mm because it seemed like it was one of those things where he was a rival we didn't like each other but then we punched each other and now we're friends yeah he had the Bulbasaur
0: Charmander yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) and then he became my closest and dearest friend after we punched each other in the face because that's what happens that's the only way men form friendships Mm -hmm. um so I was a little bit confused about that and I mean like it's I find these stories really difficult to land for me because unless you are trying, unless you are getting across a fundamental point that supersedes the, the action of the story, I, I find it difficult to care about this stuff. Because it's like, all right, yeah, they stole a ship and they send them up there. Up oh, the ship's shaking as we go to commercial. Well, we know they're not gonna die. Because yep. one they're <laughs> one of them is still alive and the other one just died. So it's not <laughs> like it's it's gonna they're not in any mortal danger. Right. Um, like and I don't know if the the message or not message is the word, but I don't know if the theme of what Archer learned from this guy is necessarily strong enough to make me care about any of this stuff. Right. Cuz it's a lot of it's a lot of filling in incidental backstory about stuff, which like you like you're saying, if this was the point of the show, <clears throat> cool, let's get into it. But um like point of the series, I mean. Yeah. But as it stands to do a flashback episode like this that features a character you don't know who apparently had a big impact on Archer, but we never really get to see the impact because they j- only have one little tiny adventure together. And then after that, he's like, we're buds after that, but you're not going to see any of that stuff.
2: Right.
1: I don't know. Yeah. It's difficult. It's difficult to, for me to buy putting weight on a character like that dying. If it's, if it's so out of left field. Yeah. And also, cause it's so much like telling to Paul the story about this stuff, and, uh, which in real life, Sure. Like yeah, you're going to tell those stories and I'm sure someone's going to pretend they're interested as you're telling it. Um but yeah, I don't know. I I didn't I didn't feel like what he got out of it was enough to really to carry the story for me.
0: What would you say that he got out of it? The fact that he's like sometimes you have to take risks to it was he basically learning yeah. the lesson that Carradine said why he wasn't chosen for this is because he's too by the book and sometimes you have to throw away the book if you want to be a captain
1: i guess okay. probably and i uh, yeah i guess but the the problem is though you don't even really see that it's like you don't you only you only get him telling archer that that's how archer acts yeah you know it's not like you watch him do that um
0: I would say you don't get a sense that Carradine does that at all. Like you don't get a sense right, that AG Robinson one, yeah. is just sort of like telling for- Admiral Forrest to go fuck himself, and he's going to fly the thing the way that he wants to, or whatever. He seems pretty. He seems like a company man at the. At I want to know.
1: He's like you know <laughs> Archer's like. I don't know why I didn't get this. I spent twenty five million hours in this thing preparing <laughs> for this job <laughs> in Microsoft and Flight Robinson-
0: Simulator. I yeah. was on there on my PC for hours.
1: And then Robinson's like, well, you know why you didn't get it is because you prepared too much. And I'm like, what were you doing, man? <laughs> like, <laughs> like the whole, that first flight, Archer's down there going like, he didn't spend enough time in this thing. He's going to blow this fucking thing up. It's like, what What was Robinson doing? Did Robinson just like throw better parties or something? Yeah. Or was he cooler to hang out with? Because, I mean, I guess that's kind of what he says, yeah, right? That's what Where he says. Where he's like, so. well, you know, you got to be a bud if you're going to captain a starship or some shit. <laughs> I mean, he... He puts a little
0: button on that dialogue of like, you got to be a a loose cannon. I think he just shotguns his entire beard. It's like another bartender. (laughs) It's time to go out.
1: Drops his his (laughs) shot into his Guinness and then chugs the entire thing. That's the...
0: I I agree with you. I think that I'm... Mostly the reason this episode fails for me is I like the entire concept. As I said, I would have preferred to see this as almost like a series establishment that this is what's going on. What killed me about it is... How low stakes and boring the flashback mm. is. I, you almost get yeah. the sense that to at the end, should be like, "Is that it? What the right? Why? Why did That's, you tell
1: me this story?" It's so much like paperwork that they're talking about. Well, <laughs> like I the scene, the scene at the end when the guy when they're at the bar and the guy co- the admiral comes in and he's like, uh, "They're gonna shut us down. You know how much paperwork we're gonna have to do to get this thing up and running. <laughs> they're gonna have us." Have uh, safety inspectors in here looking at this thing for fifteen years. OSHA's like,
0: up my ass. God damn it! I need another yeah. beer trip loosening his tie. I know it's it's the. I was completely completely shocked, and I didn't really realize this until after. But the the test flight that they're talking about is not the captaincy of the Enterprise. It's just to do this right. little test pilot thing. Yeah. So I was a little bit confused for the first half, thinking, "Oh, he got A. G. Robinson is the first captain of the Enterprise, and this is a story about mm. that," and it's not. I think that would have made things better if that was the case. And maybe the implication is he would have gone on to be AG Robinson, the captain, and would have been the thing. However, when we get to the end, I was totally shocked that Keith Carradine never sacrificed himself to boost Archer in some way. Right. Like, that was really, I was expecting it for him to like fall on the sword and be like, John, uh, John Archer didn't want to go out there i made him go out you can punish me but john Archer's a good man and they're like all right archer you're the captain now and he and yeah he, he they, doesn't deserve it or whatever
1: they never like est- they they established that he died in like a mountain climbing accident i guess next to james bond's parents or yeah. something <laughs> um but they never they never established like what it seems like he washed out or something yeah after this, he just
0: disappears it, he never gets into they, space
1: yeah, he goes from like top flight guy who's going to get the job, and then then oh he died on a mountain doing, like I don't know what he has been doing. There was no like,
0: Archer what, yeah. was
1: never spoke wistfully about how he ended up getting the job, and Robinson ended up falling into obscurity. Well, he's, he's like, so he was, sad oh, telling the
0: story. It's like he must be remembering how he doesn't yeah. deserve to be there, and how that guy did it. But that's not the case at all. Like as you're saying. I thought the sacrifice that Carradine was going to be was so great that it washes him out of this program and Archer gets boosted to the front of the line and Archer's looking back on it somewhat wistfully that I don't deserve to be here, but it's because of this guy who was this great person who took the sacrifice that allowed me to get to this spot. Mm. But that never happens in the story. It's it's crazy that it never happens.
1: Yeah. No, it just, it seems like after the events of the story, they just kind of both have their careers yeah they just go go back
0: go back to work yeah like
1: robinson decides starfleet isn't for him and he opens a soap store in vermont or something i don't know yeah i I do want to i do think someone should have corrected um archer's metaphor about buzz aldrin though because like you're saying yeah if this was for the captaincy of the enterprise sure but the more accurate comparison should be: this is like the guy who pilots Apollo Two, right? No one knows who that. No, one, no one knows
0: what they talked about. Yeah. And I
1: think he. And I think he died in it. I think it. He's one. Didn't is that the one, one? One of the early ones blew up and mm-hmm. killed a bunch of people. But uh, um, I only know that because of Armageddon. <laughs> um, you didn't miss and a thing. school and school yeah oh. and school, um, but yeah, it, uh, and also. I think more people now probably remember Buzz Aldrin for punching that yeah, the, guy in the face Yeah, on the camera. conspiracy <laughs> theory reporter or whatever. Yeah, God bless him. Um, I did great. Yeah, it's, it's a tough, like, that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's tough to care about this stuff outside of, oh, these were the events that happened. Right. Because there's no real emotional toll or learning or growth coming out of it other than Archer going like, well, I guess sometimes you got to steal a spaceship or something. I'm- yeah.
0: I mean, they both, <clears throat> the story seems to think that both of them realizing that the other one is kind of right about what their fatal flaw is, is good. Like that Archer is too by the book and that Carradine is too, uh, he doesn't like pull back when he needs to really like he pushes the thing until it blows up when Archer's is like, you should have just dropped back and he cost us a spaceship and all that stuff. and, both of them realizing that the other one is right about them causes to become this team that goes out and accomplishes the mission. But that's just, that's really not, that's not enough. I just, I come back to the point. Mm. I'm like, I never thought that John Archer was talking about someone he thought was actually a friend in this. And even further into that, I think one of the weirder things the episode is does is that I guess Connor Trenier needed to be in this episode. So they're like, this is how trip met Archer which, along with his nickname thing, just surprised me because I thought that they were better friends than that, right. really. Like, yeah. I thought their friendship went way back.
1: Well, I mean, technically, I guess, if you, like you said, since there's two time jumps, technically they've, at this point, including the show...
0: Oh, it's been seven years, right? So it's, it's seven years I, since the future, because there's a seven-year gap between the, the present and the past in this. The
1: present and the when okay, Tripp meets yes. archer yeah, yeah 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 yeah. so they've known each other for 7, seven years, years but but even still it's like i don't know i mean it does seem like they are much better friends than i was
0: they. i was surprised that he met him in these circumstances that he wasn't yeah. it wasn't like archer got him the job there because he likes him so much it's like right. hey let's introduce ourselves
1: then they weren't like buddies at the academy right. or something right
0: yeah like that. yeah no. it's i i really feel that that was a I just I, I think that was the major flaw of this one. It's really what knocks this episode down quite a bit for me. Uh, a lot of the patron comments as we get to it were like people were really bored by this one. I was thoroughly distracted by how much I liked the setting, and I think that's going to impact my scoring for it. But uh, would you, you say can't you can't score by this?
1: based on hypothetical shows that don't <laughs> exist? That's not fair.
0: I, I'm, I'm Even not, though I think I've probably done that. I, <laughs> I'm not going to go great guns. Were, were you, would you say you were bored by this episode or did you think there was uh, something there?
1: Yeah, I was, I was fairly bored by it. Okay. Um, I don't disagree with what you're saying though. I yeah. think as the concept of a show, I think there is a lot there. Um, I think that would be an inter- interesting take on Star Trek that honestly, I mean, shit, they're throwing everything at the wall now over a CBS do. do six episodes of this thing and see if anybody likes it. It might right. end up that's that's honestly that's what I'm waiting for in these new streaming wars where all these franchises are just like bloating out as fast as you can as fast as you can watch things is that someone's gonna sneak in with like a C lit <clears throat> like a, a C tier thing that they're not real that the powers that be are not really concerned with and just knock out something that ends up being awesome. Mm-hmm like um i'm a, like i i don't know if if WandaVision's quite hitting the mark but it's like kind of like that where it's like well falcon and winter soldier that's your mcu flagship show but WandaVision over here is doing something kind of cool that nobody's really paying attention to yeah uh, but they it's led fun. with that so now everybody's paying attention yeah
0: that's funny it. i would have flipped it actually i would think yeah cuz i i feel like WandaVision has been more hyped than the winter soldier one if the winter soldier blew up for some reason it was incredible uh i would agree with you i mean a good yeah yeah the star trek version is DS9, which was the yes. uh, forgotten yeah. stepchild because Voyager mm-hmm. was on and people were like, DS9 sucks because it's on a space station. So the uh, executives I also, didn't pay attention to it.
1: I would argue that um, Lower Decks has the potential yeah. to do that. Yeah. Because as we've both said, it it's the best show of the new shows. And I think it's probably getting the least amount of press.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could I could see that. <clears throat> would you... <clears throat> one thing I liked about this one is that I do like going into the past and seeing the Vulcans in their interfering ways, and uh, I like to be sort of. And a lot, I know it's because they can't afford a huge set, but I like the crumminess of sets in this. Like the sets look pretty shitty in this episode. It's Mm -hmm. it's like that the uh, Starfleet is being launched by a couple of guys with like gym lockers and you know a trash (laughs) bag, and it's all very corny and silly. But I I find that really endearing in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm probably reading more into it than that's there, but I'm drawing on previous episodes and what previous episodes have said. I like the chewing-out scene. I wish there was more Vulcan and human hostility in this. I know I'm just kind of rewriting the episode, but I did like the forest chewing-them-out sequence. I thought that was going to be the moment where Carradine stepped forward and took the bullet for everyone. It didn't happen, but I I did like the idea of what was going on there, and... I I, I like seeing the small increments of improvement with them. Um, like they get up to warp two point five or something in this. I, I just I I, I like those founding moments of the the um, the series, and I wish that the the series had focused more on them. And I think that the way that the Enterprise cast is assembled. Uh, and has not been really serviced well by the scripts, I would have loved to have seen the Enterprise cast in that stupid bar for five episodes. Mm. It, I just yeah. feel that that would... Ex- you wouldn't have problems with um, Mayweather after that. There's no way that you can write Mayweather in those scenes and have then have no idea what to do with him
1: in these Star Trek outside in space episodes. Right. You know what I mean? Right, Yeah, because you're kind of forced to give him a character at right. that point. yeah. Unless he's just the guy who hangs by the jukebox for six episodes. Or Another
0: whatever. beer catten and just walks off and comes back with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He flashed Mayweather, the ship. Put on something we can dance to. <laughs> Trip, I think that's kind of racist. To you can play the bass, Mayweather.
0: Every black guy can play the bass. Uh, this just a trap kit or whatever trip. You're looking at a
1: court martial, I think, pal. <laughs>
0: the, other, the, the 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 silliness of the flashbacks. I think comes down to there's a uh, there's a fight scene in this is you were making fun of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fight scene is obvious, so obviously stretched out that the bartender does not object to the fight for what feels like 17 minutes until dude, eventually she's like, "You guys, dude, need to stop. that
1: was." <laughs> I actively started laughing out loud when she interjects because she's like, "This is not going to help you get to warp 5 I'm like, I think. I think that dialogue was written for the Admiral and they just forgot to change the names or something. Because, like, why does. Where does that come from? Yeah, what does she get? Like, does she have. Any idea what they're fighting over or anything? <laughs> like she probably doesn't give a shit about any of these guys. <laughs> she's just trying to, she's just trying to lie to Trip about the baby name thing so we'll stop talking <laughs> to her.
0: This is not going to get us to warp five. I agree. It was I just, wish they
1: had like jumped forward six months and she had she was like a lieutenant now or right,
0: something. right. Yeah, exactly. She's the one giving the orders.
1: It was just that it's like she was the admiral the whole time, and this was all a test.
0: I think the big, the big problem besides the thing that we've talked about this episode is like the overarching thing is that this to me feels fairly um, descriptive of what I would consider to be an Enterprise writing problem in general, which is that mm-hmm. they they seem to, to not have a fifth gear that their scripts can go to. They, they just kind of amp it up, and it's not really a lot, and then there's no real climax to the story, and it just kind of ramps down at that point. Mm. I feel that has been a problem in a lot of Enterprise episodes getting to this point. This one is no different from it. I don't know where that comes from, uh, because these are not new people who are um unaware of how the star trek writing process goes it's just they never they never hit you with something where you go that was it that's the moment of the episode that's yeah. the in all those other star trek episodes where it, something happens in the last 10 minutes and you go oh this saved the episode that t- that moment just saved the episode because now this is all meaning something this one doesn't have that it's really too bad
1: yeah i um <clears throat> i the problem I feel like Enterprise runs into is, is if I was in, you know, if I was the, the, the executive producer in the writer's room or whatever, the question I would ask when presented with all of these scripts is why are we telling this story? And I think they don't answer that very often. And when they do, I think it's great. Like, I think, dear doctor, it's clear what that's why they're telling that story. Mm-hmm. Um co-genitor co, you, you co- janitor, i think it's clear why they're telling that story um but i think what is missing is the why are we telling this story from a lot of things like the borg one eh, it's fine sure but like why are you telling the story why are you choosing to tell a story about the borg yeah um and in this one it's like yeah sure why are you telling the story i feel like they i feel like they have an answer for this one but the answer doesn't feel very satisfying what, what,
0: what, what do you think well, the answer is
1: <clears throat> like you say it's uh it's so archer we can see how archer learned to take risks and and learn. does our step for yeah. archer does our take step risks? towards archer learning <laughs> yeah well he, he steals a multi-billion dollar I, spaceship I, so I, hey. I guess
0: i was arguing more in the the future 7 years future archer doesn't to me feel like a different character than the guy that we meet here at this point like they say right. that he's studious and everything but that's, i feel he's the same guy
1: that's what i mean that that's what they're saying <clears throat> is this is why we're telling the story but i don't think it's really coming across i don't think it's a it's a solid enough answer right that's why yeah, i would have preferred
0: um, the archer got this job and doesn't deserve the job like archer was right. artificially Right. pushed into this i think that's a much more compelling and a better a way better enterprise story than archer yeah. learned a lesson seven and years especially
1: ago. especially with the the framing device they're using which is him and to paul going off and discovering this nebula thing you know you he you get that moment where he he's like ah you should really come and look at this uh this is what robinson never got to see blah blah blah, blah. yeah uh, fine but it's not really linked to anything that really makes you kind of go, ugh, like it doesn't really he should get feel you guilty. in chest at all. He should feel guilty right, that exactly. he's out there, yeah, yeah. Or if he doesn't feel guilty, if he doesn't feel specifically guilty, t- there should be some, something more in that story he's telling that, that. Sadness that AG, sadness that AG
0: yeah. never got to do this and he deserved to be out here looking at this fireworks display in space, basically. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, like Kevin Bacon doesn't feel bad for Gary Sinise in Apollo 13. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's an apt metaphor um, Alright, that's enough for this one I guess we'll take a break We will play a clip from the episode We'll play a clip from Keith Carradine If if you've caught my, what I'm doing here And then we'll come back And we will give our uh, final thoughts Read some patron thoughts And then we'll wrap it up
2: I was supposed to leave for Cheyenne Two damn hours ago What kept you, Charlie you don't fucking sleep. I don't know what in the fuck is happening to you, Bill. So you stayed in camp to tuck me in? If you don't want a prospect, I can put you in charge of that mail route I'm getting. I'm doing what I want to do. Oh, shit. Some goddamn time, man's due to stop arguing with himself. Feeling he's twice the goddamn fool he knows he is. Because he can't be something he tries to be every goddamn day without once getting to dinner time and not fucking it up. I don't want to fight it no more. Understand me, Charlie? And I don't want you pissing in my ear about it. Can you let me go to hell the way I want to?
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed our... 700th flight into podcast school is not our
1: first rodeo around here and uh I, we didn't even mention the um the part where they're like huh, let's hope you never have a vulcan on board and like hard <laughs> cut hard cut to paul yeah
0: <laughs> wincing in the background i feel the um i feel that's kind of similar to what trip's role was here It's it's sort of like uh well we're in the past let's just connect it somehow to the future and make everything seem mm-hmm. like it all ties together at some point. Uh, yeah, and not just the Vulcan thing, which, yeah, it's it's one of those things that doesn't work because if, if that line is mo- uh, supposed to have stuck with Archer over the seven years, when Broken Bow comes along, He's not remembering that, you know. It never lined up that way, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. If you guys want to support the show, which is very kind and very much appreciated, you can go to patreon.com slash the Penske file. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. It's the best way to support us. A couple dollars a month, you get extra stuff. We get extra movies. We get extra podcasts. We have all the behind-the-scenes stuff. We get the polls. We get the commentary videos. This month, we're talking about Invasion of the what Body Snatchers. What would a snatchers. check or a poll be doing in our Patreon podcast? What would a check or a poll be doing here? Uh, we have the patron We have some. We have uh, unlimited uh, prisoner discussions going on in the Patreon. If people want that, um, we're doing Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Golden Eye this month. As are two movies, so you can look forward to that. And as always, our Captain Tier Sports get a special thank you. Special thank you. Special hugs and kisses go to Ben Douglas, Tark Latif, Joint Mango, Kyle, Barrett, Mike Burnett, Michael Pond, Matthew Ross, Andrew Cherlog, Colonel Doomsday, Nathan Elliott, Samuel Custer, Matt Cutler, Nick Sergey, Grim Santo, Sean, Christian Pouch, Bradley Killens, Dwayne Hackett, Eddie Ramoska, Kevin Race, Jordan Cooper, Vault 13 Hero, Rune Vendler, HH twenty eight, Stefan Minton, Dex Zajak, Paul Roscoe, Jacob 123, Dexter G, Nick the rat Mike Harris, Garoppolo, John Zorn, Eric San Juan, Kevin Lowry, Captain Brazing, Jakey's gamer, Patrick C. Corey Martin, William Soil and Blues, A Majors, Dave Davies, Retail, Olivier Pard- Duh. Worf's tiny brown dicks. Tom Hickey and Jose Hunters. It's too long of a name, and I can't see it. It's Jose Hunters is the first one. I'll come up and fix it. Thank you very much, all new patrons and old. And as always, we go to patron thoughts now. If you're a patron, you leave your upcoming, you leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes, and we read them and react to them. There's only six for its first flight. Matt Ross says. Although the plot of how Starfleet got from here to there with the competition of the captains and trying to get to Warp 2 was interesting in the right stuff light way, it's portrayed rather blandly here. I've never seen the right stuff, so I can't comment on how this is supposed to basically be the right stuff. Have you seen the right stuff?
1: I have not. It's, uh, it was one of those two videotape movies at the store, so I was like, I don't have time for this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ain't nobody got time for this it's,
1: i just the old i i got i watched goodfellas and that was about it it yeah. was the only one i could give the time to for the two the two videotape one whole, i should i should watch it the whole it's, series
0: I'm, is supposed to be inspired by it and this is kind of an obvious uh riff on it but it's portrayed rather blandly here that bar felt like a totally generic and boring tgi fridays i would i would agree but that the there's a, well, I'll finish his comment. The B plot of the Nebula would have been totally dropped and they should have just focused on the A story. We confirmed that the Vulcans are jerks. Keith Carradine adds some nice baritone and I think he would be a better and more interesting captain. Warp 2.2 2
1: out of 5. Um, I would agree with that. The Carradine's I think a better Keith captain. Keith Carradine would be a better John Archer, I think. Yeah, than back
0: uh, I would there. agree. Yeah. I, would, I would also <clears throat> agree with that. Um, oh, he was so bad in this episode.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, do you want to
0: finish? I kind of cut you off because I was anxious to get to something else. Why do you think Archer's so bad in this one?
1: I just don't think he's playing...
0: <laughs> or Bakul is bad as Archer.
1: I just don't think he's playing... There's no subtlety to anything he's doing. It's He's just, like, dialed up that annoyed Archer thing where everything he says is kind of like, with well, this cadence, mm-hmm. and I don't care how many times you've been in you, or haven't been inside the, the simulator. I'm <laughs> the one... It's like, what's... <laughs> He is very like, he uh, is very
0: blunt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like I I don't know. I just I wasn't there was nothing interesting about his performance for me in, in this. He, and he doesn't really change it too much. Yeah. And Carradine, Carradine was almost like a breath of fresh air as as far as a character goes. Because he's got that uh he's he had a little bit of that um He's a little bit of swagger. Anson to it. Anson Mount energy yeah. being injected into Discovery, <laughs> you know? Where it's like, oh, Okay, yeah. yeah. This is what a Starfleet captain looks like.
0: Yeah, I I Brian just like thanks for the bar right. punch, punch <laughs> just, punching. Cheers in the and face. everybody punching people. <laughs> Making love to the bartender after she kicks him out. I, I just think that he has a I think Bakula's problem is that Bakula doesn't have a swagger to him. He's he's so mm. earnest that even when they have plots where it's like you feel bad about your father. And your inability to live up to what his dream was to do this, and this is killing you. He's like, "All right, here I go. <laughs> my father, so, <laughs> my father built the engine. I need to get out there and do it." Like, Cut, killed it, Scott. <laughs> you nailed it. It's well, just, it's it like have even
1: in this episode when they do that stuff, they have other people do it.
0: Yeah, tell him. Yeah. So,
1: so they're ha- sitting around, and it's Trip who goes. I think it's Trip. So, it is
0: Trip. Yeah, because uh, I remember it. Yeah
1: yeah John your dad built your dad built this thing you can't just let him do that and and back just kind of sits there and stews about it, and doesn't it was, really well, it's also funny because
0: they just met and that, that that's right. that's yeah. so trip is telling this character <laughs> what's going on and he just met him it's 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 really clunky and really awful and i would I would definitely have preferred Carradine to be the captain of the uh the enterprise at that point um was there something else oh bar there's no better scene. For things to happen or characters to get to know each other, than a bar. It's why Cheers was so successful. Mm-hmm. It's just a brilliant mixing pot of loosened loosen ties, literally and metaphorically. In this and mm-hmm. characters, there's there's just that that like bars have this great mindset thing that pubs are probably the same in Britain, where it's like my favorite. Bar time is uh, happy hour after work. It's a really interesting, different energy in the place than it is at 11 o'clock on a Saturday. You know what I mean? It's like a. Sure. And I, my favorite. I
1: think that just means you're getting old. It
0: it does. But my favorite bar energy is melancholy bar energy. I think that there's something really fantastic about melancholy bar energy where people aren't outright sad, but there's a little bit of like an Ernest Hemingway outlook on the world or something. And Mm. I think that. I think that's why this bar was so effective in this one because that's what Archer is supposed to be going through and the this the bar is helping that but it's not it's not overcoming the bacula performance of the script at that point which is too bad.
1: Yeah. And I mean I like I that's why I think uh one of the reasons I don't like that scene in in Star Trek 2 uh 2009 when little Kirk steals the car mm. because you learn everything you need to learn about Kirk in the following scene which is him at the bar. Right. Where he gets, you know, he hits on Uhura and then gets up in the other guy's face and yep. picks a fight with eight guys and then he loses. And, you know, yep. you, you learn so much more about him there than you do watching him steal a fucking 200 year old <laughs> antique car. I mean, hey, I mean, apparently that's what they do when they need to show that they're uh, outside outside the, the, the bounds of uh, the book Here is they just steal really expensive um, vehicles.
0: All we have is Russia's Red Barquetta for a soundtrack. We need to write a scene that somehow. <laughs> slightly reflects this.
1: Oh, we can't we can't get we can't clear that. Uh, <laughs> We've already Can we that. get the beastie boys?
0: Grapple <laughs> John Zorn says, "I'm not buying Grand Theft Starship stories. It's hard to fathom any military organization letting a little thing like that slip. Any world building this flash episode achieves is fairly pointless. At least they don't have to Paul and Archer doing the boob and face
1: thing. A generous 2 out of 5. You know, I think they're <clears throat> I wonder why in the 21st century they still do that gag like they did it in this where these three guys just managed to hotwire this super secret military ship and take it out without anybody knowing.
0: So they turn the lights off. He's like, I turned the lights yeah, they, off. They're not going to see it.
1: They roll it down the driveway in neutral until they get out of earshot of their parents house. Um, and the editors the
0: like the censors the like, say the ship's not there he's like did anyone
1: fucking look <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but they do it in the new wonder woman too is they like uh wonder woman and, and chris pine go to the smithsonian and just steal a jet mm. that apparently is in full Functions. working order and fully gassed up yeah but it's like I, this is this is not hot wiring a car around the corner in a dark alley this is a little more complicated than that i think it's going to be a little harder
0: yeah yeah that is, it is it is strange it's very silly it's
1: fun i it, i will say it is fun though but every time it every time somebody does it i'm like Ugh, i don't know about that i
0: the set design killed me for that too where trip just has like a little console in the
1: corner of the warehouse right <laughs> yeah and the guys come he's up to like arrest a, him he's got like a wedding dj set up in the corner that he's plugged his ipad into the, and <laughs> Yeah,
0: it's um there's a lot there's a lot <laughs> this of goofy thing, shit. It
1: doesn't look like it. doesn't look like it. This thing also my alarm clock.
0: There's a lot of goofy shit in this episode. I just I really did like the trappings of it. Yeah. Uh Worfstein Brown Dick says the very talented Keith Carradine playing A G Captain Robinson is great. Soval the Vulcan, who's played by Gary Graham, who's in real life a far right activist who uses such words as libtard on Twitter, wasn't like no is, is he in this? Soval's not in this, is he? Oh, well, I don't know. I don't think Soval is in this episode. You're thinking that the other Vulcan who is not important and terrible is also Soval. But I was unaware that Gary Graham was a, uh, a liptard person. Not a liptard, but a liptard user. But I don't think <laughs> Soval is in this episode.
1: I've I, been using liptard for <laughs> eight months, and I can't even begin to tell you how good the results have
0: been. It's changed, it's changed my sex life completely around. I have
1: a fondness for and track- the way, and the way, have you? I have assumed that you've seen the commercials for Nugenics. No, Nugenics. No, no, I don't oh, think boy. so. Uh, it's this sup this um supplement targeted at men that Frank Thomas has been selling on TV.
0: On TV, and, wow,
1: yeah, and it's called Nugenics, which is I feel like it's a sounds like it's from any college level dystopian sci fi no- novel. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's specifically to boost testosterone. It's one of those things. And in every single one of the the commercials ends with him going like, and let me just tell you, the ladies love it too. Like, ugh. <laughs> ugh. Some,
0: ugh. I'll take some and report back and see. What, yeah, it's a, a lot of, um, dudes just love supplements. Any 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 every they, guy hawking supplements is like making a million dollars on this shit. It's yeah. like, stop buying. Well,
1: this. the thing is though, most people who buy them forget that they're supplements Mm. and so they supplement other things you're doing Um, and that's the trick is because yeah it's like (laughs) uh, yeah if you work out more you feel better but it's like well the supplement is the thing that's doing it's like no it's just that you're working out
0: yeah i'm I'm sure i'm sure dietary supplementation there is some sort of key to unlocking that it's just i doubt it comes from these guys um no yeah i
1: i doubt you're gonna find the key on a television commercial at with Frank Thomas, it's Frank PM Thomas, on TNT. Yeah,
0: I mean, he looks great. Yeah, he looks great. Still hitting dingers. It feels very discovery to introduce a character in episode in one episode and kill him off immediately for emotional effect. The ending is in keeping with Trek, with good people breaking rules and being forgiven by admirals for the greater good. Three
1: old man punches out of five. Do you find this admiral's actions any more better or worse than uh, Admiral Vance? from uh, Discovery? Because he's in, kind of doing the same thing, isn't he? They're, they're, uh, they're pulling the uh, the old go-around the uh, Admiral's back to do the mission for the greater good, and then he's like, ah, oh, you two, if you weren't so damn right all the time. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> although I will
0: say, to I think his name is Admiral Forrest uh, in Enterprise, he... I don't know if the script plays up with this enough, but he should have a incentive to screw the Vulcans over. Like there should mm. be a he's waiting for Archer to be right so that he can be like, fuck sure. you, yeah. Vulcans, I'll do what I want. I don't know if the script really stretches that. Vance does not have that going yeah. for him.
1: They should have had the scene where they get chewed out at the end. It should have ended it should have ended him with him going. But well, with all that said, <laughs> I can't. I can't help but notice that uh, we have exceeded the expectations of the Vulcan Council, yeah. wouldn't you say? Yeah. Commodore <laughs> Fluvok Flew, or something. And then the Vulcans just go, and "Yeah,
0: and they just leave. Yeah, exactly. That I, and I would, have, I would have bought into that. And I think that's the difference between them. Um, but they are fairly similar in that they're a admiral waiting for uh, bad news, and then they hear good news, and they're elated by it, and they still have to talk through it. Latte Librarian says... Far, uh, first Flight, what a boring episode. I appreciate what they tried to do, but it did not grab me at all. And I see that despite Archer's nice speeches about Earth leaving discrimination behind, the Starfleet members look pretty homogenous. T'Pol's suggestion about naming the nebula was a nice touch that shows her sensitivity towards an understanding of human emotions and how it has grown immensely for, since the first episode. They've never followed up with the waitress's baby names, though. Two test flights out of five.
1: I think, I think this episode gets saved if there's better chemistry and, like it's more fun between Carradine and Archer. Yeah. If you're like really digging the characters and their interactions and stuff, then I think you get a lot more out of this, but it's just, they don't give you enough to really get there.
0: Yeah. Should be more top gun than right stuff. Should be a lot of, a lot of like sparring between these two or something like that. And you know, volleyball. Yeah. Volleyball
1: player. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I would like, and what, what I'm saying is that, uh, if this episode was stretched out to an opening of a season, I think you Mm. can develop those two better and you can actually foil them against each other where I don't feel that they're really foils at all in this. They're just two complementary, two characters who kind of work together. Um, Yeah, I would agree with that. Calbert says, This episode probably would have been better in the earlier in the series run, but I enjoyed the glimpse of the early warp program and Archer's characterization, even if it doesn't feel like vital information at this point. The biggest element holding the episode back is the budget or lack thereof with a the 602 club looking laughably cheap. There also needs to be a clear goal for the mission. At first, they seem to be aiming for warp two, but even though they reached that, the mission is considered a failure, and then they hope for warp three, but they finish the episode with warp 2.5 and call it a success. <laughs> if A.G. Robinson really wanted the Vulcans to back off, then he should have said it in thunder three deadwood references that clay won't get out of five it's
1: true no i get that when i he's... watched the first season <laughs> he should have said it in thunder um last comment he was he was one of my favorite parts of that show
0: he's brilliant in that show yeah so that's, a, really that's like an emmy yeah. winning or it should have been an emmy winning performance and uh yeah. you know who
1: else should have won an emmy from that show uh is it Calamity Jane? Is that who it was? What the hell? That's her name.
0: I forget the actress's name. Yeah, who is nothing she, like that character. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's a complete. I looked her up one time and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was. This, she is nothing like I. She is on the show. It's, yeah, it's she's quite been in its other.
0: She's been in some other series that I can't remember, but she's just like a total housewife in that in that show, yeah. and she is. She plays Calamity Jane so well that I'm just like, this is, must be the way that this actress is. She just must right. be a foul-mouthed, yeah. horrible person because it's, she's so effective at it. Cardinal Doomsday, last comment, says, Archer's old friend in the NX trial program who we've never heard about before dies in a mountaineering accident sending Archer off into a sorrowful reverie. So did A.G. Robinson was Archer's rival and semi-role model, but this confuses me. Does that mean that Archer got his look-before-you-leap streak from A.G., or did A.G. make Archer less rash? A.G. destroys a prototype uh, NX ship in a no, test flight. No, but he
1: did make him rash less. <laughs>
0: Archer and Robinson steal the backup version and take it for a spin to prove that it'll break the warp 2.2 barrier while Trip manages to block the signal. What? They return triumphant to find the Vulcans with their usual stepped-in dog shit expression and the commander threatening to drum them out of Starfleet. All is forgiven. Eventually, an archer in the Dark Matter Nebula relating the story
1: to Paul, gives his dead friend a fireworks display. Big deal. Two out of five. I I still am not totally sure what happened at the end because you've got Trip going, your field's breaking up. And they're like, yep.
0: It didn't break up. It just it yeah, kept going. Just, did they also say that he? Did I miss here or when when Ag Robinson blows up the ship? Did they say his warp shuttle took him back to Earth? Is that what they were talking I about? I don't know.
1: I missed that line.
0: I was like, why does the shuttle capable <laughs> <Right. laughs> well, of going right? didn't didn't have the Chiron like twenty seven years later, and then Ag Robinson arrives back at the. Uh, I just.
1: I assume the Vulcans just blipped out there right. to grab him. Cause, yeah, that would that But, I mean, sense. Maybe, he, maybe he had one of those Borg ships from the last yeah, episode that can yeah. get up to, like, warp eight or whatever.
0: He went up to the Arctic in a deleted scene and pulled out some Borg tech and
1: became super fast.
0: Thank you, L- Patrons. Lightly,
1: lightly dusted the snow off of the <laughs> Borg tech that had been there for 100 years.
0: Thank you, Patrons, for your thoughts about this one, first flight. Um, I thought I had something else to say, but I guess I don't. Clay, what are you going to give this one on our scale of one to five? Uh, I think I'm gonna give it a two. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a three. I think. I think it's pretty middling. Um, what's the reason for the two? Just too boring? Too too bad?
1: Yeah. Like I again, like I said, it's like why are we telling the story? I don't I don't really know if it answers that question to to yeah well enough. And like it's not terrible. Mm. It's it's fine. It's just I don't know. I I think it's uh. I think they don't do enough with the stuff that they they had. That's the that seems to be the 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 curse of the show is having so many things that they could do and then doing none of
0: them. Yeah. You it's like you're distracted by the choice almost and you just gotta yeah. like swing and miss at everything. I yeah. I do remember what I was gonna say. Um when at the very end of this after the uh, Archer finishes telling the story to, to to Paul and they rendezvous with the Enterprise and there's a shot of the shuttle approaching the Enterprise and the Enterprise is kind of above them as the shuttle is flying up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just thinking the, the context of the episode and the flashback story gave me, just for a moment, that shot carried the impact of seeing the Enterprise in the motion picture thing it was this like mm-hmm. seeing the enterprise after what could have been potentially a better story about how archer got this thing kind of elevates that ship into something else it becomes much more important than just like the place where the, all these episodes take place like right, right. I, I think that the show sometimes doesn't stress how important the nx01 is you know it's the first ship doing all this stuff and so after to and archer have been away from it for a little while to have archer come back to it and see it again and have like Mm. an emotional connection to it i don't think they do that but i'm like i'm in my head canon that's what's going on in this episode i just think that's kind of a nice moment and that's if anything that's what the flashback achieved for me so it's a three for me
1: yeah yeah i mean that's that's great like if they if If they've done that more (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like a great show i i hope to watch it someday
0: uh we're done. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. Thank you for leaving your comments. We have more Enterprise coming. we got two Enterprise episodes left. It's Bounty and then The Expanse as the season finale. So those will be done in a couple We're weeks. We're
1: finally getting to The Expanse, everybody. Mm-hmm. I assume it. this is what you all are talking about <laughs> when you say, can't wait till you guys cover The Expanse. Are it's, you guys going to cover Yes, we are. We are. It's in coming a in weeks. two weeks.
0: Two weeks. Uh, so that'll be out on Thursday. We're still doing one Star Trek a week on Thursdays for the near future.
1: Uh, Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Uh no badass coming up this week. Um we're gonna be off for a little bit with that one. Um then Rotten Horror Picture Show. Next week we'll be doing Scream, which is a fun one. And uh we also this month we are in February, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll have uh our coverage of Friday the thirteenth, part two on the Patreon, the second That's installment right. of our Coverage Patreon coverage of the Friday the thirteenth franchise.
0: Yeah, I forgot to mention that. So the Friday the thirteenth said the additional thing. So you now you get three things basically on the Patreon each month, which is well worth the five or ten dollars or whatever you want to uh do to it. Um so thank you again, patrons, for supporting the show. If you don't support the show,
1: consider it. You get a whole and bunch you could, of stuff. If you could, Wes, if you could tell that to my family to convince <laughs> them that I have a job, <laughs> that would be excellent.
0: My um yeah, it, it does not this it's kind of a Keith Carradine story here but my in-laws were visiting the other day and I had to record uh during one of the times they were here and um Amy just told me later that when when I was gone, not that they were questioning what I was doing, but Amy just brought up the fact that this act like doing this actually pays a few of our bills for it, and it it completely changed their mind about well you know like, right. they think I'm up here just kind of like jerking off or something as, as far as they as far as they know, but <laughs> which uh, honestly
1: most of the time yeah. <laughs> Is a reason the I camera? I don't have podcasts. Is a reason the camera's right every here every night? Yeah, <laughs> I don't have podcasts every night, despite what I might tell some people. It does.
0: It does change things though. So, our thank yeah. you again to our patrons, uh, very seriously, but it is uh, super helpful. So, you get Friday the Thirteenth, James Bond, Invasion of the Body Snatchers this month. There's like a hundred podcasts on the thing. Sign up if you want. It's a great way to support the show. Is there anything else that I'm forgetting to say? Patreon.com/slash/DupinskiVale. That's it. Um, no, I guess we're done. Next one's Bounty, which is. Upon uh, far episode.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so <different>. Oh boy. <laughs> Brandon. 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 What's this, get shit? The plastic, What's this shit about get seven the plastic years of the <laughs> Get the plastic sheets out. <laughs> guys Hold you, my <laughs> call.
0: <laughs> uh, Rick Berman's in laws don't have the wrong idea about what he's doing at <laughs> his computer. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. We'll see you next time.